Hello and welcome back to my podcast, Reading by Flashlight, about all things books. In this season, this is our seventh season, our seventh book. We are going over Matilda by Roald Dahl. And in today's episode, we're going to be going over chapters 19, 20, and 21. So let's get started. Chapter 19 is titled The Practice. So Matilda found the house empty as usual. Her parents were gone, her brother was gone, just as she knew they were going to be. So she goes into a sideboard that she knows her father keeps a box of cigars and she takes one out and carries it upstairs and locks herself in because she's going to practice with her abilities. So she sat the cigar on her dresser vanity in her room and then she walks away from it and she starts to feel that same feeling that she felt the first time she had done it. And so she's concentrating on the cigar, trying to get it to move And almost at once, the cigar just rolls away across the top of the table and just falls onto the carpet. And she realizes that this time when she did it, it happened so much quicker and more naturally than it had the first time. Like, she can tell that she's improving. So, obviously, she starts to think, if I can push things across, am I able to lift things up? So she does the same thing that she's done before, concentrating on the object with all of her energy and just saying, lift, lift, lift. And at first, it just started to do what it did every other time, just roll away. But slowly and surely, one end of the cigar slowly lifted up about an inch off the tabletop. And then, with more effort, she managed to hold it there for about 10 seconds, and then it just fell back down. And just for the next hour or so, she kept practicing this over and over and over again. And each time she got a little bit higher to the point that she was able to lift it clear off the table about six inches. And she was just so exhausted from this that she fell asleep. And that's how her mother found her later. And she's just so exhausted and she's just like, what's the matter with you? Like, you're never like this. She's like, are you ill? And Matilda's like, oh, no, I'm all right, just a bit tired. And just from that day on, every day after school, when her parents were gone, Matilda would shut herself in her room and practice with that cigar, and soon it all began to come together. And six days later, by the following Wednesday, she was not only able to lift the cigar up into the air, but also move it around exactly where she wanted it to go. Chapter 20 is called The Third Miracle. So the next day was Thursday, and as everybody in Miss Honey's class knew, Thursdays was the day that Miss Trunchbull comes in to teach the first lesson after lunch. So after lunch, the class reassembled and Miss Honey was standing on one side of the classroom. They were all silent, waiting for her to come in. And she's testing them on their three times tables, their times threes. And she calls on this boy named Wilfred. And Wilfred was on the very far right of the front row. And she's like, stand up. And he stands up quickly. And she's like, recite the three times tables backwards. And he's like, backwards, but I haven't learned it backwards. And then Trunchbull's like, there you are. Miss Honey has taught you nothing. And Miss Honey's saying, well, Miss Trunchbull, they've learned their three times tables, but there's no point in teaching them how to do it backwards. And she's like, very well, very well. And she's like, she goes back to Wilfred. And she says, answer me this then. I have seven apples, seven oranges, and seven bananas. How many pieces of fruit do I have all together? Hurry up, get on with it, give me an answer. And he's like, that's adding up. That isn't the three times table. And Trunchbull is like, you idiot, you gumboil, you flea-bitten fungus. This is the three times tables. You have three separate lots of fruit and each have seven pieces. 
three sevens is 21. Can't you see that? And Wilfred just flustered at this point. I mean, anybody would be. And she just walks up next to him and flips the back of his legs with one of her feet so that he just shoots up halfway off the ground and somersaults in the air. But halfway down, she catches him by an ankle and then just holds him there and is just yelling at him, swinging him around, yelling in his face. And then at the other end of the classroom, Nigel is jumping on his feet and looking at the chalk and screaming at the blackboard. And he's like, the chalk, the chalk, it's moving on its own. And so Nigel was just hysterical that everybody stopped and looked. And sure enough, the brand new piece of chalk was hovering around the blackboard and it was writing something. And Nigel is screaming at the top of his lungs. He's like, it's writing something. The chalk is writing something. And it was. And the first word that appeared was Agatha. And Trunchbull is yelling. She's like, what is this? Who is doing this? Who is writing this? And the chalk is still writing. And what it says now is Agatha, this is Magnus. This is Magnus. And so everybody is gasping. Like, what is happening here? And Trunchbull's like, no, it can't be. It can't be Magnus. And now it says it is Magnus and you better believe it. And so Miss Honey, who's still at the side of the classroom, glances at Matilda. And the child was sitting very straight at the desk, acting like everybody else. And next on the board, it says, Agatha, give my Ginny back her house. And so now everybody's looking at Trunchbull and her face is white. Her mouth is wide open. She's spitting out the water that she was drinking and she's just gasping. And now even more is there. Now it says, give my Jenny her wages, give my Jenny the house, then get out of here. If you don't, I will come and get you. I will come and get you like you got me. I am watching you, Agatha. And then the chalk stops writing and it hovers for a few moments and then it drops to the floor and it breaks. Wilfred, who was able to get back in his seat during this time, is just screaming. And he's like, Miss Trunchbull's on the floor. And this was the most like exciting piece of news. Then the entire classroom jumped out of their seats and was like looking. And there she was, the huge Miss Trunchbull, just stretched full length on her back across the floor, completely out of it. And Miss Honey rushes to her side and she's like, somebody go get the matron at once. She's fainted. And so Nigel, who's literally always prepared to do everything, obviously. Runs into action, leaps up, and seizes the jug of water. And he's like, my father says that cold water is the best way to wake someone up. So he just dumps the entire contents onto Trunchbull's head. And not even Hunt Miss Honey protested. And so the person that Nigel went to look for and like five teachers came in and they're all rushing into the room like, what happened? And then one of the men was grinning and he's like, somebody's floored her at last. Congratulations, Miss Honey. And then someone else was like, well, who threw the water on her? Nigel was like, I did. He's super proud about it. And then another teacher's like, good for you. Should we get some more? <laughs> and then they're like, stop that. We have to carry her to the sick room. And it took all five teachers and like the nurse person to lift her out of the room. And they were still staggering. And so Miss Honey says, I think you all better go outside to the playground and just amuse yourself until it's time for the next lesson. And then she turns and walks over to the blackboard and carefully wipes off all the chalk writing. And all the children file out of the classroom, but Matilda started to go with them, but Miss Honey paused at her and Miss Honey ran forward and gave Matilda just this great big hug. Chapter 21, the last chapter we're gonna look at today is called A New Home. 
So later that day, the news began to spread that the headmistress had recovered from her fainting fit and that she had just marched herself out of the school building, tight-lipped and just white in the face. And the next morning, she didn't turn up to school. At lunchtime, Mr. Trilby, who was the deputy, had telephoned her house to see if she just wasn't feeling well and there was no answer to the phone. And when school was over, Mr. Trilby decided to investigate further. And so he walked to the house where Miss Trunchbull lived. And, you know, this was the lovely small red brick home that was known as the Red House that was rightfully Miss Honey's. And he rang the bell. There was no answer. He knocked loudly. There was no answer. And he called out. He was like, is anybody home? Is anybody here? There was still no answer. He tried the door and it was unlocked. And he went inside. The house was silent, like there was no one in the house, and but all the furniture was still in place. He went upstairs to check if she was upstairs. Everything seemed to be normal, but there was no Miss Trunchbull. The only thing was that he started to see if maybe she had, you know, left, and he noticed that all her clothes was gone, all her shoes were gone, everything that, you know, like clothes and stuff like that, all that stuff was gone. And so he directly went to the, like, the school directors and told them that Mitch Trunchbull had just vanished. So on the second morning of Miss Trunchbull's disappearance, Miss Honey receives a registered post, a letter from a firm that was informing her that the will, last will and testament of her father, Dr. Honey, had suddenly and mysteriously just turned up. And this document revealed that ever since her father's death, Miss Honey had in fact been the rightful owner of the property of the Red House, which until recently had been occupied by Miss Agatha Trunchbull. The will also showed that her father's lifetime savings, which was still safely in the bank, had also been left to her. And that if Miss Honey would call into the office as soon as possible, then the property and the money would be transferred into her name. And so she did that immediately. And within a couple of weeks, she had moved into the Red House, the very place which she had been brought up and all the family furniture and pictures were still there. And then from then, then on, Matilda was a very welcome visitor. She came over all the time, basically every single evening after school. And they just became very close friends, not just teacher and student. But back at school, there was a lot of changes taking place, obviously. And as soon as it became clear, that Miss Trunchbull wasn't coming back, that she had completely fled the scene, Mr. Trilby was appointed head teacher in her place. And because of that, Matilda was moved up into the top form, which was what Miss Honey had suggested at the very beginning of the book, where Miss Plimsoll quickly discovered that Matilda really wasn't as bright as Miss Honey had made her out to be. And so one evening, it was just a few weeks later, Matilda was having tea with Miss Honey in the kitchen, of the Red House after school, like they always have been doing, and Matilda said, something strange has happened to me, Miss Honey. And so Miss Honey's saying, tell me about it. So Matilda's saying, well, this morning, just for fun, I tried to push something over with my eyes and I couldn't do it. Nothing moved. I didn't even feel, you know, that feeling I get when I can do things. Like, she's like, the power is gone. I think I've just lost it. And so Miss Honey puts down whatever she was holding and she's like, I've been expecting something like this to happen. And Matilda says, really, you have? You know, like, why? Why didn't you tell me? And so Miss Honey says, well, it's only a guess, but this is what I think. When you were in my class, you had nothing to do, nothing that made you struggle. Your fairly enormous brain was going crazy with frustration. It was bubbling up and you were just so bored. 
So there was all this energy bottled up with nowhere to go and somehow you were able to use that energy through your eyes and make objects move. But now things are different. You're in the top form competing against children more than twice your age and all your mental energy is being used up. So your brain is for the first time really having to struggle and strive and keep really busy, which is great. And she says, but again, this is only a theory. So I can't say that this is exactly the reason why this is all happening. And Matilda says, well, I'm glad it's happened because I wouldn't want to go through life as a miracle worker. Miss Honey says, well, you've certainly done enough. And she's still just so amazed of all the good things that have happened for her since Matilda got rid of Miss Trunchbull. And just all of a sudden, Matilda says, did you know that the heart of a mouse beats at the rate of 650 times a minute? And Miss Honey smiles and she's like, I didn't know that. How fascinating. You know, she's like, where'd you read that? And she says, well, just from a book at the library. And that means it goes so fast that you can't even hear the separate beats. It just sounds like a buzz. So the two of them just stayed sitting and talking in the kitchen for an hour or so. And then at about six o'clock, Matilda would always tell Miss Honey goodnight and set out to walk home to her parents' house, which was just about eight minutes away. And so she would arrive at her own gate. She saw a large black Mercedes motor car parked outside. She didn't take too much notice of it. You know, there was often a lot of strange cars and people parked outside of her father's house. But when she entered the house, she was confronted by this scene of just utter chaos. Her mother and her father were both in the hall. They were frantically stuffing clothing and objects into suitcases. And Matilda's upset. She's worried. She's scared. She's like, what's going on? What's happening? And Mr. Wormwood is saying, we're off. We're leaving for the airport in half an hour. You've got to get packed. Your brother's upstairs ready to go. Get a move on. And Matilda's like, off. Where are we going? And her dad says, Spain. It's a better climate than this lousy country. And Matilda says, Spain? I don't want to go to Spain. And her father is telling her, just do as you're told, stop arguing. I've got enough troubles without worrying about you. And Matilda says, but, and her father says, shut up. We're leaving in 30 minutes and I'm not missing that plane. Matilda's saying, well, for how long? When are we going to come back? And his father says, we aren't. Now beat it, I'm busy. So Matilda turns away from him and walks out through the front door. As soon as she was back on the road, she began to run and she had straight back for Miss Honey's house. She reached it in less than four minutes. And uh, Miss Honey was outside of her house working in her garden and she sees Matilda running up and she's like, what's the matter? What's the, what's the problem? And Matilda, she's out of breath, she's panting and she's just like, they're leaving. My family, they've all gone mad. They're filling their suitcases and they're saying that we're leaving for Spain in 30 minutes. And Miss Honey's saying, who? She said, my mom and dad and my brother, and they said that I've got to go with them. And Miss Honey's still calm, because she's like, you mean for like a holiday? And Matilda's note says, no, it's forever. He's, my dad said that we're never coming back. And then Miss Honey says, well, I'm not actually that surprised. And Matilda's saying, you mean you knew that we were leaving and you didn't tell me? And Miss Honey was saying, well, no, no, not like that. I didn't know that you were going, but the news doesn't really surprise me. Matilda's saying, why? Tell me why. And Miss Honey says, well, because of your father. He's in with a bunch of crooks. Everyone in the village knows that. My guess is that he's a receiver of stolen cars from all over the country, so he's in it deep. Matilda just stares at her like open mouth. And Miss Honey is saying, people brought stolen cars to your father's workshop where he changed the number plates and resprayed the bodies a different color and all the rest of it. And so now somebody's probably tipped him off to the police and he's doing whatever he can to run off to Spain where they can't get him. 
And Matilda's shouting at this point. She's saying, I don't want to go with him. I want to stay here. Miss Honey's saying, well, I'm afraid you have to. And Matilda says, but I want to be here with you. Can't I live with you? And Miss Honey's saying, well, I wish that you could, but I'm afraid that's just not possible. You can't just leave your parents just because you want to. They have a right to take you with them. Matilda says, but what if they agreed? What if they said, yes, that I can stay with you? Would you let me stay with you then? And Miss Honey says, yes, I would totally do that. But that's not exactly what she says. The word totally hasn't been used at all in this book, I think. Actually, it probably has, but whatever. But Miss Honey's like, yes, I would love that. I would absolutely do that. And Matilda's like, well, they probably will, because I think that they might, because they don't actually care about me. Miss Honey's like, well, wait, not so fast. And they're running, they're rushing to their house, and they're like, come with me and we'll ask them, but we just we just have to hurry because they're leaving soon. So the next moment, they're, they're running down the driveway together. Matilda was ahead. She's pulling Miss Honey behind her, and they're just dashing across the place, and they make it to their house. The big black Mercedes is still outside. The door's still open, and you can see Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood and the brother just scurrying around, and Matilda just yells. She's like, Dad, Mom, I don't want to go with you. I want to stay here and live with Miss Honey, and she says that I can go only if you give me permission. Please say yes. She's like, just please, please say yes. And the father turns, he looks at Miss Honey and he says, you're the teacher woman who once came here to see me, aren't you? And then he just goes back to putting things in his suitcase. And his wife says, this one will have to go on the back seat because there's no more room in the boot. And Miss Honey says, I would love to have Matilda. I would look after her with loving care, Mr. Wormwood, and I would pay for everything. She wouldn't cost you a penny. But it wasn't my idea, it was Matilda's. And I'm not going to agree to take her without your full and willing consent. And then the mother is saying, come on, Harry, why don't we let her go if that's what she really wants? It's just gonna be one less kid to look after. And so the father says, I'm in a hurry. I've got a plane to catch. If she wants to stay, let her stay, it's fine with me. And so Matilda hugs Miss Honey and Miss Honey hugs her back. And then her mother, her father and her brother are inside the car. They're pulling away from the driveway the tires are screeching. The brother waves through the rear window, but the mom and dad, her mother and father, didn't even look back. And they didn't even look back to see that Miss Honey and Matilda are still hugging. Neither of them said a word, and they stood there just watching the big black car racing around the corner at the end of the road and disappearing forever in the distance. And that is the end of Matilda. I hope you guys have liked this book so far. It's a lot shorter than I think most of the books that we've done have been, but also the chapters have been kind of long, so it still evens out. But I hope you guys have liked this book. I definitely, I enjoyed getting into this story. I enjoyed reading it, but it was hard to get into just because of the whole different like level of reading, I guess. So it was just a lot harder for me to get into. I know there is, a musical that they recent not recently but there was a musical that they did about it I don't have Netflix so I've never seen it but I would definitely be interested in watching it if I had the chance to but I just want to say thank you guys for listening to this episode make sure to stay tuned for the next one it probably won't re be released until around the first week of January just so that I have the next couple days just to figure out what I want to do for the next season and you guys let me know too because I want to know what you guys want to see and stuff so let me know what you guys want in this episode let me know 
and hopefully I'll see you guys next week with a brand new book and it'll be awesome. Thank you guys again for listening and I'll see you soon.